Let's make sure we play like the fucking New York Jets and not some fucking slapdick team. That's what I want to see tomorrow. Do we understand what the fuck I want to see tomorrow? Let's go to eat a goddamn snack. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the New York Jets Life Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Chili the Beast, your host. Again, as always, like us on Twitter at twitter.com backslash Jets Life underscore. We are also on Facebook on on facebook.com. Go ahead and search in the search title for Jets Life. And now we are also on Instagram. New to Instagram, New York Jets Life. Also check out our website, NewYorkJetsLife.com. And, uh... Thanks for listening, everyone. Again, Chili the Beast here. You know, you guys all know the podcast now and our websites and uh, everything. We're real fans, for fans, you know, preaching the truth, preaching how we feel, probably how you feel. So uh, we're going to dive right into it, guys. Big week this week, huh? Coming off another Jets win versus Dolphins, 37-24. And uh, we're going to get into that, but, you know, huge news this week. Um, Rex Ryan, John Idzik fired. I mean, uh, bittersweet. Bittersweet in, in, in the way I feel about it. Uh, you guys all know how I feel from listening to the pod, being the website. I think it was time for a change um, with Rex. I definitely think Idzik needed to go, and they're both gone. <clears throat> we're going to um, talk about this Miami game real quick, and then we're going to talk about that major, major, major news that happened. Not so much news because we all knew it was going to happen, but uh, still big news, you know? All right, so uh, you're, I mean, this is going to be quick also with this, with this Miami game. Season's over. You know, last game of the season, uh, Jets head down to Miami. Um, come out, we win the game, 37-24. Okay. We, we, with that win, we move into the sixth pick of the draft. You know, we're probably out of that quarterback. We're probably out of the, uh, the Amari Cooper sweepstakes. But, you know, with that sixth pick of the draft, there's still some good, uh, good players there. But um, Geno Smith is the big story of this game. I mean, uh, perfect quarterback rating. <laughs> Get his ass going. Perfect quarterback rating. Yes, you did hear me when I said that. He is the only player in the NFL this season to have a perfect QBR. I mean, it's no it's it's no secret that Geno's from Miami. He's uh from, he's a Miami kid. I think he played for Miramar High School, which is in Miami. He's played in the uh where the Dolphins play their stadium like uh, I think Five or six times now, he's. I think he's undefeated there. Also, um, he did this last year for us too. He came out, he played awesome. He gave us all this false sense of hope going into the off season. You know, Gino's our guy. Gino's our guy. Gino's our guy. He uh, he looked good, and uh, he did it again this time. But this time, he really. I mean, geez, I didn't. No one saw this coming. Twenty for twenty-five, three fifty-eight on yardage, three touchdowns. He had another bad fumble. Trying to do a little bit too much, it looked like to me. Um, didn't tuck the ball away. And he took a bad sack again on a Nick Folk uh, on the miss. You know, everybody, not not a lot of people are touching on this, but, you know, the pocket presence again. But, but I mean, man, he, he, played, he played lights out. I mean, he was making throws. He made good throws, good decisions. I think he almost got picked once or twice, but nothing insane, you know, nothing terrible to where, like, where we're used to seeing the old Samuel Gino, you know. But, again, he did this last year. Um, he had a great game. We win the game. 
uh, the play call was phenomenal, I think. You know, it, well, in, in, in some stretches, you know, we would come out, we, we're slinging the ball here and there, left and right. Everything's working for us. The run game actually didn't work much. We didn't give it really a chance, but they, I don't know, maybe they're trying to evaluate Geno on this one. Maybe they wanted to see the develop. I don't know. We'll see. But, uh, you know, he, he, he went to, he went to the, kept going back to the well. We had uh, Eric Decker, you know, we all know Eric Decker and the things he's possible to do. Eric, you know, there's a lot of skepticism out there on Decker. Is he a one? Is he a two? Eric, most people say he's a two. We, he, needs to compl- he needs to be complimented by a very good one. Well, he went beast mode this game with Percy Harvin being out. He, uh, he went 10 for 221 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he had a long of 74, which he he beat the guy. It was a better play by Geno, which set it up on a jailbreak blitz, and he found the open guy, didn't panic, didn't hesitate, didn't fall down and take the sack. But 74-yard touchdown. Uh, he also had another 50-yarder. Uh, At the time, it was it was really uh, crucial and clutch because he uh, when he caught that 50-yarder, it set us up for uh, a scoring drive, and the game was still tight at that point. And it was a big play. I mean, it was a big play. He went up for the ball. He used his size. He was beat up at the end of the game. Grass stains all over his jersey. It was great. It was good to see. But um, all right. So that, that's mostly what we're going to talk about this game. You know, the new regimes here are going to be here soon. We're not going to stress over it. You know, we're, we're going to go into the season, the offseason with, uh, you know, a, hopefully a positive attitude based on this game. We saw some things. We saw the Decker. We saw maybe maybe it's Geno. I don't know. We know what we have in the defense. But listen to this, guys. Dalton Freeman, he uh, he subbed in for uh, Nick Mangold in this in this game. He had a place. He started at center. It was his first career start at center. Um, you know, again, we, we do, again, you know, love Nick Mangold here. We're not endorsing Dalton Freeman here. And we do wish Nick Mangold... Uh, Speedy recovery and get to that Pro Bowl and represent our Jets real good because you always do. But uh, Dalton Freeman, the guy played good. My question is, can the guy play guard? You know, we need guard help. And can this guy do it? I, I mean, you know, hey, maybe he's a swing player. He plays guard. He comes in at center if Nick ever gets hurt. Knocking on wood, you hear that? Hopefully he doesn't. But, you know, maybe that's the situation. And then the defense. I'm going to just real quick, touching on the defense, seven sacks. Seven sacks. Mo, Mo Wilkerson. Big game, big, big game. I mean, guys everywhere. David Harris, I think he had two and a half sacks. He's a monster. I mean, he's, you know, these guys are playing for, they play for Rex in this game, the defense, especially the defense. Um, Me and Rex Ryan's last game, they all knew it. The right one was on the wall. We all knew this also. But uh, seven sacks, man. I mean, it was was a Jets record. Also with the Decker, he was uh, real close to breaking Don Maynard's record, and I'm pretty sure he got to 1,000 yards on the season. Not uh, definite on it, but, you know, quiet year on it. But, you know, 1,000 yards in the season. We haven't had a 1,000-yard receiver in a very long time in the New York Jets. Um, All right, so the big news came came yesterday morning. This is uh, Monday morning. I think it was a a 10 o'clock press conference. Uh, You know, uh, uh, head coach Rex Ryan and, and, and general manager John Edzik both gone. That's what I want to see tomorrow. Do we understand what the fuck I want to see tomorrow? Um, you guys know how I feel about John Idzik. Uh, you know, I we, I always talk about uh, firejohnidzik.com, our friends. You know, I endorse them and, and everything they've done about this guy. But, um, you know, he's gone, and there's not a lot to talk about here because the majority of the Jets fans wanted this guy gone. You guys all feel the same way I do. You know, he, he has done some good things, and we'll give him credit for this because the things he has done will will help us for a very long time but um he you know he, he fixed our salary cap because that's what he was good at he obviously wasn't a very good GM he was a salary cap guy so he fixed our salary cap um he gave us Sheldon Richardson 
but there was too many misses, way, way too many misses in, in his two years that he was here. Um, the 12 picks with no production from basically anybody in these 12 picks, especially the wide receivers, the misses in a wide receiver. The best wide receiver draft we'll probably ever see in our history of our lives. I mean, there's guys in every single round that are producing, and uh, we didn't get anybody to produce this year. You know, we all know Jalen Saunders. He's on the Saints. He's kicking 90, getting 98 yard uh, kick return touchdowns. You know he's producing on that team. Uh, we we cut him. He's a fourth round pick. Uh, uh, the one receiver that we've had active all year from our draft is, is uh, Quincy Enua uh, or something like that. He's from Nebraska, big kid. He was finally active. Um, I don't think he played much offense yesterday. Definitely didn't get a catch. We we have um, we drafted three or four receivers this year. I'm not naming tomorrow. We have the zero catches from any of those guys. Um, not a good draft. We all know that. Um, now, now the thing is, is uh, I, I kind of sympathize for Idzik in one point. Was he was he set up a failure? Um, that's one of the questions we got in um, when I when I posted my uh, my questions, comments, concerns post on Facebook and Twitter this week. You, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think he was set up for failure, but I do sympathize with the guy that he didn't get to hire his own head coach. You know, um, yesterday's uh, press conference with Woody Johnson. I'm, I'm sure you guys have seen it or read on it. Woody um, Woody owned up and he and he said he think he thought it was a major mistake that he forced Rex Ryan on John Idzik. Um, he felt that Rex should have been gone based on the fact that a GM, a new GM was here and have Idzik have his own hiring. But uh, it doesn't matter. The guy sabotaged our season without the corners, didn't spend the money. And Woody you know, said that also yesterday, and we're going to talk about Woody's uh, press conference. That was really good. But uh, too many mistakes by Idzik. Bye-bye. Good riddance. See ya. Whatever. All right, we're going to – here's Rex Ryan. Uh, I love Rex Ryan. I love him. He's uh, he. I will follow this guy, bearing that he doesn't sign with three teams in the NFL, and it's the uh, the uh, AFC East rivals, and I will root for him, bearing that he doesn't sign with those three teams also. But uh, unless he's playing us also, you know, you know to deal with that, you know, Jets life. But uh, it's bittersweet. Um, I I I love the guy. I I don't think you could get more out of your players from him. On, on a uh, on a defensive standpoint, but uh, he needed to go. The change is going to be good. I really truly do. Hey, listen, guys, I'm not saying we're going to win the Super Bowl next year because we're getting a new coach. I'm not saying anything like that. But the change is potentially good. He's a he's a defensive minded coach. Rex Ryan is, and he was really clueless in the in the offense. You know, four and twelve. His record speaks for himself this year. Were we better than four and twelve? I think so, but we were four and twelve. Um, Rex Ryan in his career as a New York Jets head coach in six seasons, uh, forty six and fifty in a regular season, four and two in the postseason. You know, including two AFC um, championship games. And overall record with the postseason wins and everything and losses is uh, fifty and fifty two. So he's right about five hundred, which is is good. But these last you know, four years of us not making playoffs, and plus on top of this one, a four and twelve year, terrible. I mean, you know. But uh, I'll tell you what, he had me drinking a Kool Aid on Sunday. You know, I, I I I've been saying how I feel that he should be he should be gone. But after the way those Jets played, our New York Jets played, he had me drinking that Kool Aid. I was really torn. I'm like, man, maybe we could get this out of this team every single week. And and, and I'm sitting there, 
with uh, Brian, you know, my, my buddy, our, our draft expert, that we'll have back on the show soon. We'll talk to him soon. Um, not today, but soon. Is uh, Let's get him back. He, he was agreeing. We were all agreeing. I'm talking to my buddies. We're texting back and forth. And, and the Twitter world and Facebook world was, was overflowing with keep Rex, keep Rex, hashtag keep Rex. And, and he had me thinking about it. And then, you know, you kind of come down from cloud nine and you're like, all right. And, uh, you know, I had some... Um, some some of our Facebook followers, you know, give us some pros and cons on Rex and how they really truly felt. And you know, honestly, guys, it was like fifty fifty. Besides the the whole the Kool Aid drinking scenes, but uh, what I'm gonna miss most about Rex Ryan is uh, the press conferences, his quotes. You know, hey, that cha- you guys remember that Channing Channing Crowder one when he uh, he says he's walked over tougher guys going to a fight. And then he's going to get some tattoos so he can look like a real big, tough guy. I mean, it's classic. It's Rex Ryan. Um, he was awesome with the media. Last year, hey, we were under the radar. That's a good place to be. Fuck that. The best place to be is when expectations are high. Get used to it. Defensive mastermind. I knew going into any game, any game, Denver, New England, anything, that we had a chance based on our defense. I uh, can't speak the same for the offense, but I know we had a chance. He would have something drawn up for it. But there was too many mistakes, too many issues this season, and last season especially. Uh, this season is is the really, you know, the icing on the cake, but there was too many mistakes. Did Idzik sabotage his season with the cornerbacks and not spending money? Yes. Was he set up for failure? I think so. But, you know, he's he's the head coach, and then the blame falls on the head coach. He's the boss. Rex owned up and took took this on the chin. And uh he's um he has to take he's the scapegoat here. And uh here we are, you know, he's he's gone. The the head coach has a responsibility. Um there's two you know here now here's the cons on Rex Ryan. There's too many issues besides the crappy offense. This is from uh, one of our Facebook guys, John Carroll. He he ranted. It was a good one, though. The lack of accountability on all phases of your game. You know, there's three phases of the game. Offense, defense, special teams. Our, our, I know Mike Westhoff's gone. Uh, a lot of the blame on the special teams goes to the, the fact that Mike Westhoff is not there because he was, he was a truly great coach. But we've declined in all phases of the game, including defense and, again, with the corners. But the offense is, is not getting any better. <laughs> Mismanagement of timeouts all throughout the year. All throughout his career, technically, up and down, left and right, everywhere. Uh, we have undisciplined team, false starts all the time, personal fouls all the time. We got players coming late for meetings. Lack of preparation was the hugest thing for me this year. You know, these the both Buffalo games, we have we have the advantage. You know, you, you got a blizzard, you got a snowstorm. These guys are snowed out to have practice all week long. We get we get blown out. I mean, coming off the bye week in the first Buffalo game. Hey, hey, here we are. You know, we got we had a we had a rough shake of the first half of the schedule. We're gonna get it back after this bye. We're gonna get Buffalo Bills. We're gonna we're gonna win this game. You know, we got this shit destroyed. I mean, they they kicked the shit out of us all up and down the field. Um, another big one is is the, is the passing league, man. This is a, a passing league. The NFL right now is set up for the quarterback and wide receivers to dominate. The, the, these cornerbacks cannot touch. There's a, there's a personal foul, pass interference, or a holding penalty on almost every single pass play. We're still ground and pounding. He's unable to adapt with his offense. You know, um, there's also unable to develop uh, 
your high draft pick quarterbacks. I mean, Mark Sanchez is the first first round pick. Geno Smith is the second round pick. These guys are high draft picks. I I know it, you know he's got coaches. I know he's got quarterback coaches. I know he's got offense coordinators. But you know, again, this falls on Rex. Uh, some stats on the Rex Ryan era with the six seasons. His total touchdowns as as an offense tw- um, rank in the NFL is twenty sixth. Passing yards per game, last. Dead last in the NFL in passing yards in the last six seasons. Uh, Quarterback rating, 71. 31st in the NFL. Now here we go. We're talking about the ground and pound. Rushing yards per game, 137. First. You know, you got to be balanced, man. We're we're last in in passing. We're We're first in rushing. There's no balance there on that offense, and and that's that's a product of Rex. You know, he, he's gone through three offense coordinators: Tony Sperano, Brian Schottenheimer, and now Marty Mordenweg. Uh, that's why Rex Ryan gets fired. Any other coach would have been fired probably after the second year of Rex Ryan didn't make the playoffs without blinking. But the personality persona of Rex Ryan, the love affair of Woody Johnson, and the love affair of the fans kept Rex Ryan in house for six years. Um. That's it. Again, time for a change. Time for an identity change. I want a new identity on this team. You know, I, I would new life. This is exciting. This is this, you guys should be excited about this. It looks like Woody Johnson and his two uh, his two homies, Cassie Lee and Ron Wolf, are, are handling this the proper way. I mean, they got they got interviews lined up already. They're going out there to see Dan Quinn uh, on Friday and interview. Um, also, they're interviewing him, Dan Quinn, defense corner for Seattle Seahawks. Uh, offensive line coach Tom Cable, who does have head coaching experience and is is a pretty much a dark horse candidate I'm hearing in, in all five jobs that are open as of right now. They're also um, in Seattle to interview um, Trent Kirchner. He's their uh, director of player personnel, pro personnel, and he, for the for the uh, GM job. I guess you guys got to read on this guy. Just Google his name, Trent Kirchner, and uh, he's very he's got a very good uh, resume going. So uh, we're going to go dabble into Woody's press conference that I, I talked about a lot. I thought it was good. Um, Woody has had some press conference before. He sounded like a bumbling idiot. Um, this time it was very good. He took a lot of the blame on himself. We talked about that earlier, about how he uh, he thinks he blames himself for bringing Rex Ryan back, forcing him on Idzik, you know. Uh, he looks like he wants to fix it, man. I mean, I, listen, I, I don't think Woody Johnson's the blame here. Um I don't, I don't think he's. I, let's let's say this differently. I don't think he's a bad owner. I think there could be bet. There is better owners. I, I don't think Woody has a very large clue about professional football, but he's trying. You know, he's done some good things. We talked about this on a, a podcast years ago. How he has done some good things, but looks like he's truly trying to fix it. They're doing their due diligence, bro. They're, they're, you know, no stone is unturned at this point. They're, they're doing their job, and he's doing a good job. They want to win. I mean, you don't invest all these billions of dollars onto a team and you don't want to win. But he sounded uh sounded serious about Idzik when when he he brought it up. You know, these were this is what he was reading and these were questions that were being asked by by some media. He got he grew tired of John Idzik. He was tired. He was done. I I and he wouldn't elaborate on when he knew that these guys were done, but he was done. He he made a big comment about uh Idzik not spending enough money. That's why he's gone. He also had a comment about Rex Ryan. Not winning. He's gone. I mean, that's what happens. You, you're not productive. You're gone. If I was not productive in my, my job, I'd be fired. And that's what happened here. I, I did like what he said about uh, about uh, the Revis, Darrell Revis. He goes, I would love to have Darrell come back. 
consider that tampering. I don't know. Whatever. I like I like that he said that. You know, and and, and that has a lot to do with John Idzik. Did he try? You know, that that burned Woody. That was Woody's guy. Revis, uh, Woody loves Revis. Woody didn't like Revis's agents, but you still got to try. You know, there was there was reports that there wasn't even an attempt made with Revis. But uh, what he said, it was it was an obvious need of a change. It needed to be done. He also said he would like to have a a, a GM before a coach. And uh, that's how I agree. So you're not back in this situation again. But then he kind of, you know, backtracks on this in a minute. You know, um, we have another question about: Do you even think this is an attractive job uh, for GM and head coach? Um, out of the top five. I, I think we're in the middle to the lower end of it. Like, you know, we're at the 3-4, even at 5 spot. And and the reason I say that is because of the quarterback. We don't have one. But I but I do think this is a very attractive job in the New York Jets. Um, There is a ton of money to be spent. Man, we're going to be somewhere near $50 million under the cap. Especially, well, the, the cap's going up. We're going to have $50 million to spend. Close to that. I mean... That's that right there is is huge. Getting to hire your own coach this time. Um, we had GMs turn us down last time because Woody told them, "No, you're keeping Rex Ryan." GMs didn't want to do that. They were setting themselves up a failure by doing it, like like Idzik. And um, you know, hey, we we have a good nucleus. We have a good young nucleus. We our defensive line is is amazing. I would as defensive minded coach. I mean, hell yeah. Mo Wilkerson, Sheldon Richardson, Quentin Copels, Big Dame, Snacks Harrison. You know, I mean, our linebackers, I, I, whatever with Calvin Pryor, but he's there. You know, a great running game. We have the best center in the NFL. Hey, with Harvin on our team, our wide receiver position looks really strong. You know, our linebackers are really good. Make some resignings, and I'll tell you what. Right now, uh, the GM job in in New, New York would be he can make himself. A folk hero, if he came in here and signed Mo Wilkerson on the first day of the job and hired a halfway decent, capable head coach, this guy would be a legend. Off, I mean, he would the New York fan base, New York Jets fan base would fall in love with this guy. Um, I do think, as as a Jets fan myself, that I I uh I want a GM from a winning team. I don't I don't I don't think we can go and grab a GM from Jacksonville, and it seems like the Jets are doing that. You know they're high. They're they're interviewing uh, guys like um, uh, this guy Trent Kirchner from from uh, Seattle. They're also looking at Eric DaCosta, the assistant GM of the Ravens. I mean the Ravens, geez man, they draft well. They win division titles, Super Bowls every year. They're in it. You know um, he he actually spurned us uh, 2013 when the whole uh, John Idzik or uh, hiring took place. Uh, and it was because of Rex. He didn't want the job. We're also looking at uh, asking permission to, to interview Rick Mueller, the Eagles uh, di- director of pro personnel, as for the GM job. So these guys are doing their, their stuff. But I'll tell you what, man. I think we are an attractive job. I don't see how you don't think that's an attractive job with, with close to $50 million spend. You build your team the way you want it. You come in here with almost like a clean slate. We got a ton of free agents. Uh, we have a ton of young guys. Our, our 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 guys are young, so they're still under their rookie contracts, give or take a handful full of them. And some need to be resigned long term. Some need to let go. 
Oh, the one thing we did not touch on, which is uh, my, probably my favorite thing that happened on uh, Sunday at a little after 4 o'clock, was uh, Kyle Wilson's deal is now um, over with the Jets. He is a free agent as soon as free agency starts. So, and and bearing a, <laughs> a re-signing of this scrub, I'm a happy man. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's it. But, uh, you know, the, again, the GM job, there is pieces. We're not far off. I b- truly believe we're not far off. Pieces here and there, you know, grab a couple offensive linemen, just get that position deep. Uh, the wide receiver position, it all depends on what Harvin does, but, you know, there's draft guys, there's free agents you go pick up. Tight ends in place, hopefully. Um the running game's in place with Ivory. You know, maybe you sign Powell or draft another guy. Chris Johnson, most likely gone. A defensive line of linebackers, again, again, again. I mean, that's our strong point. And then, you know, we got that safety. Maybe you make a couple of moves. I mean, we are, you know, D. Milner and Dexter McDougal coming back. You don't know about that. But, I, you know, you make a cornerback move. This is a good team. Then there's the quarterback. And we're going to get some questions about that. And that's why I'm leading this up there. Uh... Got a question on Facebook with uh, from Charles uh, Glenn Snooty again. He's been a regular on our um, on our question area on the show. He's always giving us good questions. Charles would like to know about Geno Smith. I know we're hesitant to trust Geno. This is what Charles writes, but do you believe he can take his momentum of a perfect QBR rating into the into the offseason and bring it back next year? No, no, Charles. Simple, no. He had a perfect QBR rating this year, but he also finished with a QBR of 35.4, which was 29th in the NFL. 29th. He was one step, one ahead of a regular starter, which was Blake Bortles. So he was the second worst QBR rating of a regular starter in the NFL this year. His QBR has actually dipped from last year from a 35.9. So do I think so? No. Plain English. That's it. Do you think the mentor... This is a a, a multi-part question by uh, Charles Glenn Snooney. Do you think the, the mentorship of Vic this season will help him compete next year? No. Again, no. Uh, there was reports yesterday he missed team meetings. I mean, an exit meeting. Come on, man. What the hell? And and has Vic helped him as a mentor this year? You know, after he was benched, he has played well. Before that, no. Vic was mentoring him all year long. And and I have seen improvements in Gino since the benching. Maybe it was an eye-opener, whatever it would, would have been. But uh, I, I don't think so. You know, and now he's doing things like Michael Vick. He's taking those terrible sacks. You know, he's trying to do a little bit too much. And that's a product of watching Vick play, you know. And that's what I like about Vick. But I also don't like when Vick makes turnovers and mistakes and takes bad sacks. So the mentorship, I don't think so. I, I, I Maybe as a person, as a man, he Michael Vick may have helped him. But honestly, I don't think that uh, that's helping at all. Uh, Charles writes also that maybe trading up for a uh, a better draft spot to bring in a younger quarterback to help him compete for the spot next year is better than bringing in an experienced quarterback to learn from. He's more or less asking, do we bring a, a younger guy in so Gino is pushed? Um. So, but what I what I about that question is is if you're going to draft a quarterback in that first round, second round, he's your guy now. So I don't think that's a possibility of keeping of, of having hopes for Gino. I have no hopes for Gino. I think he's escaped. 
a stopgap for a young quarterback to come in. Um, if they go that route, the veteran would be a different story. But you have to figure out what kind of offense you're going to play. Are we going to go West Coast again like Marty Waterwig and you're bringing Vic? Or is a new offense coordinator slash coach, head coach, or whatever he may be, want to play a completely different offense? You have to see how this all fits out. So there's a lot of questions up in the air right now. Uh, by the way, with the per Woody Johnson, uh, the rest of the coaching staff that are under contract right now um, have not been released to their duties, and they will have a chance to interview with the new GM when he's hired. Um, I don't see how these guys will have jobs when it's all said and done. I mean, maybe there's a handful of position coaches like Dennis Thurman, uh, and stuff like that, maybe we'll keep a position coaching job, and I think they should, Dennis Thurman. Um, you know, maybe he, he was our assistant defense coordinator or, or our, our labeled defense coordinator, but we all know Rex was calling the show. There's also a defensive line coach called Dunbar. I think he would be a great uh, asset. He is a great asset to him. I think he should be back in some type of capacity. But, you know, they're going to see that happen. So, you know, again with the Geno, I don't think he's the guy. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I think he's terrible. I think he has room for improvement. I think he will improve in the right situation. With the Jets, we'll see. I hope so because then he'll be on our roster already and we don't have to really dick around too much in drafting free agency. So I am rooting for the guy, but I just really, there's no high hopes for this guy at all. Uh, We have another question from Jason Calderon. Um, he wants to ha- he wants to know what's going to happen with the scouting department now that the head coach and GM have been fired. Okay. Do do I think the scouting department should have been fired? Yes, I think they should have been fired. You know, years ago. Um, again, Woody did uh, state that the scouting department is going to be under evaluation of the new GM also. And I don't. Once this new GM sees this, this track record of the scouting department, I think he's going to laugh. At what's going on and hire his own new guys, you know, especially, you know, these guys from winning teams, you want to bring some of your own players, guys with you, you know, the players slash personnel to find new players. But uh, we're going to talk about the scouting department real quick. Terry Bradaway. This guy was our GM in uh, 01 to 06. He gave way to Mike Tannenbaum and he took a job uh, as the Jets head scout. I don't know how this guy had a GM job, and I don't know how he kept a job with an organization after his GM job. He wasn't a very good GM, and then he turns into an even worse scout. As a scout, from 2006 on, Bradaway has found some some pieces here and there, and I'm going to name these guys off. Sheldon Richardson, Quentin Copels. He He's going to go either way on this one, but as of right now, he's in the middle. You know, Mo Wilkerson, uh, Darrell Rivas, uh, DeBrickishaw Ferguson, Nick Mangold, Dustin Keller, until his injury and he left. You know, uh, David Harris and Big Dame, uh, he also found him as a free agent. His scouting department did not, not so much Terry Bradaway. Those are his pros. Now, now, I mean, this guy's got a laundry list, laundry list of busts of picks, bad picks, terrible picks. We're going to go with all 12, possibly 11, if you take it tomorrow right now, of this year's NFL draft. This is directly, I know this this is the GM, but remember, he was the GM in some of these times. Um, But this is directly with the scouting. I mean, and we have some poor scouting. And and you guys agree with me on this. I know this because I've had an outpouring of of, uh, fired Terry Bradaway posts. Um, He's drafted D. D Milner and Geno Smith. Stephen Hill. 
Kyle Wilson, Mark Sanchez, and Vernon Golston. Listen, guys, those are the big names. If you go back and you go online and you type in New York Jets drafts and you go back to all our drafts, there are players that I have never heard of. And I've been following the Jets, diehard fan, tattooed on my arm, bleeding green. I don't remember these guys. If you look at some of the players that we passed on to get some of these players, it's sickening. It's absolutely sickening. You know, when I gave my pros and cons here, those are the big names. The, the pros are the guys that have actually panned out. I mean, he's had over 200 and something draft picks in the 14 to 15 years that he's been employed with the New York Jets. And we have 10 guys that have made major impacts. You know, it, it doesn't work for me, man. The scouting department needs to go. I think the new GM, being that he's going to be, you know, you know, from a winning background, hopefully, an intelligent guy. You know, you got to be intelligent. We well, we thought so at least until John Edzik showed up. Is uh is going to be an intelligent guy. The biggest thing about about this uh, Terry Bradway fella and and the whole scouting department is uh scouting on the quarterbacks. I mean, again, Geno Smith, second round pick. Mark Sanchez, first round pick. Move up, trade half your draft for him. Um, then we got, you know, Greg McElroy, we, we draft out there, you know, we miss on all these other quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, you miss on that. I mean, 31 other teams missed on Russell Wilson, but how, how do you not know? Uh, there, there's other quarterbacks that have been all in these late rounds. You know, last year we talked about Andy Murray, Zach Menenberg. I'm not saying these guys are good, but you know, they have, in, they, they were winning quarterbacks in college and, and. Why not take a flyer on him? You have 12 picks. You, you don't pick one up in the 7th, 6th round, 5th round. I mean, we drafted Jalen Saunders, like we said. And he was cut in a 4th. He's a 4th round pick. He got cut. Come on, man. All right. So, uh, we're done with him. Fire him. Fire his ass. Now, again, we're talking about this uh, this, this uh, coaching search. The Jets are knee-deep in this shit already, bro. This is good. They're doing a due diligence. No stone unturned. This is, this is uh, Woody's doing something good here. Ron Wolf and Charlie Cashley, we have an opportunity to walk away on Friday, Saturday with maybe, I don't know, a handshake agreement or I don't know how this works out or how you consider this, but the Jets are going to interview Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator for Seattle Seahawks, and Trent Kircher, the director of pro personnel, and they're also going to be interviewing Tom Cable, the Seattle Seahawks offensive lineman, on Friday. Um, You have to get this done. The Jets are the first ones to set up interviews with these guys. They're, they're on it. Um, there's a rule, I guess it's an NFL rule, that you have to interview these guys now or you have to wait till they're eliminated. And that is only with the teams that have bye weeks. I guess you're not allowed to interview players or, uh, well, coaches and slash GMs and stuff like that, uh, candidates, if they're playing this week. Well, since Seattle has a bye the Jets are out there. They're going to be out there Friday interviewing three people. I mean, we may walk away with a, a potential head coach and a potential GM. Um, hey, throw Tom Cable in that mix and say he doesn't get the job. He comes over as assistant coach. We may walk away with coaches and GMs this weekend. The Jets have also asked permission to talk to Todd Bowles, defensive uh, coordinator for Arizona Cardinals. He is a name being circulated around with all of the uh, all the head coaching spots. Tom Cable, we talked about. Also, they're doing their diligence on Gary Kubiak, Baltimore's offense coordinator. I think that's more of a, of just you know leaving a no stone unturned. I don't think he's a real candidate for a head coaching position. And uh, Frank Reich, San Diego offensive uh, lines coach. But uh, you know, again, 
that these are just some of the names so far that they've requested uh, stuff for. But there is more names to do. I don't think Woody's going to jump all over this unless he gets his man. Um, he would like the the GM to have a uh, a say in the hiring, but Woody said he's ultimately going to be doing the hiring himself. But the GM is going to be obviously do it. Otherwise, the GM wouldn't take the job. I mean, it's again, it's on to do that. So uh, I, I I do I have hope I'm excited I you hear my voice I've been down uh, recently with this four and twelve season but this is a new day this is a new Jets team uh, there's going to be some moves that we're going to scratch your heads on you know it's all dependent on the player personnel and what the what these um, these GMs and new coaches want you know we may go to a four three defense from our three four we may turn our offense around so you're going to see some some players leave it's it's the nature of the beast man but uh. I do say one thing. I'm banging on the table here. Re-sign Mo Wilkerson. Big Mo. Re-sign this guy. New GM. That's my plea. You know, uh, I think the Jets Nation, New York Jets Life in general, stands for this. Re-sign Mo Wilkerson. Make us happy. Do the right thing. You'll be fine. You'll be a legend. All right, guys. Chili the Beast for the New York Jets Life podcast. By fans, for fans, I want to thank you all for listening. Again, like us on Twitter, twitter.com backslash Jets Life underscore. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com, search in the search title with your magic fingers on uh, Jets Life. Go to Instagram, New York Jets Life. That's where we are on that. Um, share with your friends, guys. Tis the season, right? Happy holidays. Happy New Year from Jets Life. Thank you for listening. See ya.